Wow. There's the legend, Vince Scully. What was it, 67 seasons as uh, the Dodgers play-by-play? Man, um, the greatest to ever do it, you know, and, and that's what's so interesting is now you have, I guess Joe Buck isn't really that guy. He does all sorts of sports, but it feels like most guys are kind of cornered into one particular sport that they do play-by-play for, for the most part. And you heard him on a baseball call there, a baseball call that wasn't the the Dodgers back in '86. You heard him on that football call as well. He kind of he he did more than just one sport, and he was amazing at all of them. Yep, uh, really was. That that's pretty wild. Um, hey, am I crazy, or was the guy that took over for him with the Dodgers from Oklahoma? Uh, I'll have to double check on that one. Do, I feel like, do you know his name? No, but I feel like whenever it happened, Toby was talking about it and knew him somehow. Like either maybe he was filling in or maybe he got the job. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, Vince Scully, fantastic. And what's crazy is getting to watch that home run by Kirk Gibson. Isn't that crazy? How many – I mean, even – there's an age gap between you and I. What are we, eight years apart? But someone eight years younger than you, and I'm sure guys eight years older than you, at some point or another in their life, recreated the Kurt Gibson home run oh, truck yeah. going around second base. Uh, and he yeah, called uh, that, and that's that's who you remember on that call. Unbelievable. That that was unbelievable, unbelievable. against uh, Dennis Eckersley, who was uh, – fantastic pitcher and I was watching I don't know about you but I've watched that replay about 50 times now uh hadn't given up a home run at that point since August uh whenever that was in October so he was on a a heck of a run how does that ball go what has to be close to 400 feet he just kind of like sweeps it with his hands across Squared the plate. Squared it up, plate. man. Squared it up. Hey, Dennis Eckersley's delivering the heat, man. Even on yeah. a bum leg, if you square that thing up, it's going to go. I mean, that's like Jake Taylor from Major League just hobbling around the bases. Well, it had to be a knee or something, yeah, right? Yeah, but Taylor bunted. I mean, he got on with the uh, with the squeeze play, or I, I guess really kind of the uh, you know button for a base hit, but yes. Have I ever told you about my – interaction with mr gibson uh mr gibson himself yeah how did you how did you meet him is this like he, a you were working out in california type of thing no 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 no. Mm. he was the hitting coach for the tigers whenever i lived in detroit and <laughs> so i've told you about Chris Chelios is the guy that I hung around the most. He Hockey had a bar player. there. Um, right. Drank beer out of a skates on the reg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, the guy that ran his bar, his, his Rob Morano's, everyone called him uh, Bulldog. Okay? So, Bulldog hated uh, Kirk Gibson. And this is on a, a night whenever – Kid Rock was there playing at the bar, so it was insane. There was tons of people there. And he's like, hey, that's Kurt Gibson. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. He's the hitting coach here. And he's like, he starts calling him names and everything, says he's like the biggest jerk ever. 
And he's like, go over there and ask him why the Tigers uh, are so bad at hitting right now. But he said it in different words. So I was in a headspace to where I took oh him up on that. Oh, my God, offer. dude, seriously? Ugh. End up being a like a half-hour conversation, and he was as nice of a guy as you could but, ever okay, meet. Did you really phrase the opening question the way that you were asked to phrase it? I did, but whenever he started, he started just kind of laughing. So I started laughing. I was like, oh, "I'm just kidding." But uh, God, only you funny. could get away with that. Jeez. <laughs> uh, good. Why don't stuff. you tell that story more? You asked Kurt Gibson why his team was so bad at hitting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, well, I don't know. I guess it's not uh, necessarily sure. something. Did you I'm ask proud Kirk of. about his mustache? By the way. Uh, no. At this time, he was full beard. Fully bearded, but that must—that was the—that was the thing at that point. The mustache, I guess, that was kind of late in the mustache run, but that was still like Magnum PI time and all that, you know. Yeah, uh, all that to say, rest in peace, Vin Scully, uh, the goats of broadcasters. But yep. if not, what about college football broadcasters? My favorite is, and I don't know. It's always about. Like what you grew up around, right? So this might not be everyone's, but dude, for my money, Brent Musburger is the best one in my lifetime. I, I okay, I don't know if he's the best play-by-play guy for college football in my lifetime. Actually, he's probably not. But for whatever reason, and maybe it's just because it seemed like he was calling every single big OU game from like 2000 to 2004. But he was—I think he's still my favorite. Yeah, he's good. My favorite is uh, voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, Toby Rowland. Wow. that's he's, hmm. he's the best. He's the best. When it comes to television stuff, I always love Musburger. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't – nothing really – Like, listen to Musburger just say, Oklahoma! Seemed like he always knew where everyone was from, by the way. Didn't he tell you one time that he remembered that you were from Fort Gibson? Yeah. Uh, yes. I was at a Mavs game, and this guy that was, uh, that was like the ticket guy for the, for the Mavs that was showing me to where my seats were going to be, Musburger was over there like gearing up for the broadcast, and he's like, oh, look, there's Musburger. Let's go talk to him. Uh, uh, okay, and he walked over, like introduced me to Musburger. He's like, "Oh yeah, Fort Gibson, Oklahoma. How you doing?" I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that was pretty cool." <laughs> I have a feeling he does that with everyone he meets, like an ex-player. Uh, oh, text yeah. line is going crazy over Keith Jackson. Yeah, that was. I would say, in terms of our listeners, that's going to be predominantly the answer. That's kind of the. I mean that. Keith Jackson was definitely the voice of college football for an extended period of time. Right, yeah. Yeah. I when did he retire? Uh I don't remember exactly when Keith Jackson retired, but he he had the um 
He had the Desmond Howard punt return against Ohio State, oh, where really? he did the uh, he did the, the pose. Heisman pose, which really was kind of the play of the '90s. Um, I don't know if Keith Jackson was considered the voice of college football in the '80s. Someone else can help me out with that, but he was definitely considered the the voice of college football in the '90s. I that's crazy. I remember watching that game live whenever it happened. Um. That's crazy. I can. I was at a friend's house, and for like the next year, that's all anyone did was that dang Heisman pose. Yeah. Um. Oh, Keith Jackson called the Vince Young Texas National Championship over USC. Oh, really? Yeah. Whoa, okay. Nelly. That was kind of his uh, signature catchphrase. Right. Uh, Musburger was a blank. Okay, yeah, well, I, I, maybe it was just my family, or maybe it was just OU fans in general, but I remember there being a thought, at least in my circle, in the early 2000s, that, oh, well, you can just tell on the broadcast that Brent Musburger roots against OU, which really? I'm sure every single fan base says that about a particular broadcaster, but I feel like I heard that a lot in the early 2000s from Musburger. About, really? about I him, feel yeah. like I feel like Musburger... Loved Oklahoma. I don't know. As much as he's into gambling, it probably swayed game to game depending on who he was yeah, betting on. Yeah, I mean, on. come on, OU fans. He had a 200 on the line. OU at A&M. I mean, of course he was going to root one way or the other. I've never seen a fan base that doesn't believe every every single announcer, whatever, hates their team. Yeah. And it's never balanced. It's definitely ESPN. ESPN hates everyone, which – by the content that they pick every single day, I do believe that they do hate everyone outside of LeBron. Right. Well, <laughs> outside of LeBron. Ah, uh, that's good. Well, Keith Jackson and Brent Musburger are great, but, I mean, come on. Our favorite play-by-play call of all time is pretty obvious. I, I would love I, – I'd love that. We always say that it sounds like Gus Johnson stepped on a Lego when he called that touchdown. But just, like, think of the think of the name that we mentioned in this conversation, like greatest college football broadcaster of all time. Keith Jackson, right? Yeah. Keith Jackson just calm, cool. He had the pipes. He had a lot of bass, you know. It just sounds classic, man. I mean, when you think of like old college football games, classic college football games, Keith Jackson, man, it's just that, that yeah. classic sound. And then you have Gus Johnson, oh, 20 years later. <laughs> college football. Yeah, right. It's great. It's fantastic. It's not for everyone. Like, it's definitely not there's, for everyone. There's some moments where that happens to be a good call. There's other moments it's like, Dude, it's there's three minutes gone in the first quarter, and they converted a first down. I don't think it's uh, it's worthy of that type of explosion. What do you think of uh, Chris Fowler? Overrated, like underrated, him. or just right? I think he is. I think he is underrated, and I think it should all you should always be underrated. Chris Fowler, I I don't agree with a lot of the things that he says, but. He he's he's there to call the game, not to make himself a part of what's going on. 
Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, I guess they really set that up for Herb Street to be the star. I kind of mm-hmm. roll my eyes at that one. But if you were to put, if you were to put he and Joel Klatt together, that might be my all-star uh, TV play-by-play duo. Yeah, at, you know, currently. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I guess I don't get caught up too much in in much of the uh, the play-by-play stuff. I, I mean, there's some guys that are good. Like, to me, to be good, you're almost not noticed. You know what I'm saying? You're sure. just you're, – you're calling the action and let the game tell it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think there's, that's a big reason why people don't like Joe Buck. I, I don't know. People just decided a long time ago that they don't like Joe Buck. I actually like Joe Buck. I do, um, too. I, I don't know. I – I guess after listening to several podcasts that he's been on, I get the humor a little bit, but I found myself actually rooting for him to do a good job. He's good. When he makes fun of himself about the Randy Moss thing, it's pretty <laughs> yeah, good. Right. That's awesome. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, no, I – okay. And I, his, I, have you heard his hair plug story? Uh, yes, actually I have. I don't remember what podcast that was on, but he I He almost lost his it. voice because yes, of it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, I have I've, uh, heard that one. Um. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm with you for the most part. I'm not the guy that sits around an entire OU game and complains like, oh, it sounds like they're rooting against us. I don't operate that way. But what does annoy me, and I find it becoming more and more of a thing, unfortunately, for whatever reason, but guys that hop in the booth and they sound and what they say are just completely unprepared to talk about the two teams they're calling a game for. That's yeah. that's really what annoys me, and I feel like you hear that with OU games about two times a year now. Yeah, it's not yeah. the OU Texas game. It won't be the OU Nebraska game, but if OU's playing, you know Iowa State two thirty, you know it's one of those more regional broadcasts. Then yeah, you you definitely hear it. Yeah, well, I I think there's always like whenever it, if I'm watching a game between. I don't know, Florida and Tennessee. The announcers may not know what the hell they're talking about. But I really don't know what I'm watching either, you know, so you don't pick up on it. But whenever you are really in tune with your own team and know, like, the three deep and what the style of offense is and who's been good this year and who hasn't and – all of those things, you're really in tune with it. You can pick out the mistakes way easier. Sure. Uh, so many texts to get to. Let's get through a handful before we hit the text line. Hollywood! Yes, that is. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's still, I mean, he created, isn't that crazy? Which um, Hollywood ran into some bad news earlier today. He apparently got arrested. Oh, no. What? I didn't see that. Are you he, kidding me? Uh, no. He um, was arrested Wednesday morning in Phoenix on criminal speeding charges. Man. Yeah. Okay. But. Um, Late for meetings or something? I don't know. But he did create a nickname for him, which is which is pretty cool. I think it was because, didn't Joel Klatt say he literally didn't know who he was? Who is this kid? And someone, Where'd he come from? When he says, who is this kid, someone's like, like the guy that's in the booth is like pointing at uh, his name on the spotter board, and he said Hollywood as if it was his name. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I think uh, that was the story Joel Klatt said. Tim Brando was pretty bad a couple of years ago. 
Yeah, you can you can say that. I bet you were upset with Petros Papadakis analyzing a game. Petros is too way over the top for me. Yeah. I don't but know. He was nice. Um, the one interaction I had with him before the OU A&M Cotton Bowl, he just spewed out about – he uttered – let me see, Teddy. He probably said 100 words total, and I think 80 of them were F-bombs. And really? That's not an ex- yeah. Huh. Yeah, I've told you the story. It got to the point where talk on the sideline before the game, and he's so loud, and he was throwing out so many four-letter words. You're, like, covering your face? I like- was embarrassed because there's so many <laughs> OU fans like, what is going on right now? What is this guy doing? And he was doing the sideline broadcast on TV for that day. That's great. That's amazing. Um, my, You know my favorite call is the Florida – who were they playing? Florida and – Oh, the um, Florida-Tennessee, the guy that just was, retired? Yeah, yeah, he did just retire. Florida-Tennessee, was it uh, Callaway that was running down the sideline? Yeah, line? okay, let me uh, – I think this one might be it. Let's see. This is it, right? Yep. I, I can't ever decide when that call is happening. How funny is that, though? That's Will Greer in two of those calls we played. I know. Um, I, I can't ever tell if that's you laughing in the background or the <laughs> color commentator like laughing during the call. I always have to check myself and say, oh, it's not Teddy. It's the color commentator. That's great. Good stuff. couple more texts. Um, Got to get to them on the other side. Okay. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on next. It is the rush live on the ref for the homeless suitor fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, ton of text to get to on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I think we got over a hundred text on uh, just that last segment alone, which is awesome. Keep it up, guys. As always, we appreciate all the interaction on the show. Travis says, uh, Britt Musburger, he'd always give sly gambling tips before ESPN was cool with people doing that. And of course, him saying, uh, you are looking live is the absolute best. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, I spoiled mm. it for Brent Musburger here. Here, Brent, take two. That's the good stuff right there, man. Mm. Very good. I love that. Very, very good. My favorite call is when Musburger stood up for Joe Mixon in the Sugar Bowl against Auburn. It was the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, he had to, uh, he had to not retract it, but comment about it later in the game. Clarify. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then, you know, 
<laughs> Later on, he got in a bunch of hot water. What was it AJ McCarron's girlfriend or something? He was like, "Oh yeah," like this, like <laughs> weird, weird voice. Oh yeah, like Brent. Seriously, God, that's great, man. Come on. Uh, top two football analyst of all time. Number one, John Madden. Number two, Teddy Lehman. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I fit right in in that category. He – Madden was – I think he's he's the rare guy that can be hilarious even whenever he's not trying to be hilarious. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just don't make it more than it is. It's It's great. Must have been an awesome play. You saw that one develop. Two oohs on that one. What was that? That was you. I guess it was a spring game that Chad was calling with you. Oh, I was trying to figure out who was calling the game. That was funny. Uh, I was like, that is not matching up. For whatever reason, I was placing Musburger on that voice. Uh, and it was Chad. That's funny. Um, now people are just sending us uh, ridiculous play-by-play calls. Um I, I, of course, I got to let the ad play, but this is the uh, this is the play where Michigan State won on a mishandled punt by oh, Michigan. God. <laughs> oh no! Oh, the voice cut out twice on oh, that one. No. That's tough. That's tough. You never know what he's fighting through. It's been a long day. He, it's the very end of the game. Oh man! Sometimes. When you've been talking all day, like we have seven hours of pregame, then we do the whole game, and there can be a point where the voice starts to go. And the last thing you need to happen when the voice is about to go is a moment like that Mm. to catch up on you out of nowhere. That one's tough. Uh, Luckily, the surrender Cobra by the Michigan student uh, saved it on that deal. That was uh, amazing that that happened. Just get the punt off. The game is over. Keith wow. Jackson hated OU, not Brent Musburger. It was blatantly obvious when OU beat the crap out of his alma mater, Washington State Cougars. Really? Uh, why did I think he was? I had no idea he was a Washington State grad. Why do? Why am I thinking Georgia Tech for some reason? I don't know. That's crazy. Joe but. Buck is super creepy when he looks to the camera and smiles like he's trying to pick up a four through the TV. <laughs> 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 I don't think it's going to get better than that. Oh, that's great. Herb Street is number one in my eyes. He is so fluid and very knowledgeable. Um, appreciate the text. Disagree with the with the take there. Yeah, I, I, Herb Street is. Hmm. Herb Street to me is he. It's like the uh, it's so commercialized. You know what I'm saying? Like you, every opinion, if you can, if you can fight through it all to find one, it's so like right down the middle that you, I don't. I don't. I really don't know how to explain it. I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I don't learn anything whenever he broadcasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't like, – I'm not saying he's bad. He's he's just – he's not for me. I think he's kind of just a guy that has the most name recognition. 
If he didn't have the name recognition that he does, then there, I, I don't think that there would really be a thought about him. Just be like, oh, yeah, well, he's fine. Well, he, he's, he's perfected the craft of, of just playing everything right down the middle to where every fan base feels like he's, he really likes their school. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. but that, that comes from never having an opinion. I, if you have an opinion on air – you're going to piss a lot of people off. Like if you say that Michigan's defense is unbelievable and I don't think Ohio State's going to score on them today, well, guess what? Ohio State fans, they're going to hate you. and They're going to think that you're pulling for Michigan. So he just never has an opinion about anything ever, and people love him. I, um, I was going to ask this to the text line, but I think that they're already showing it to me with the massive responses. Keith Jackson here is getting the most votes, all right? Like, people are texting in who's their favorite. Keith Jackson's number one. I think Gus Johnson might be number two. Now, he isn't either you love him or you are really annoyed by him type of style of broadcasting. But we're getting a lot of votes here for Gus Johnson, people saying that they like his energy, they just kind of like how he calls a game. And there's even a couple of texts saying that this is one of the casualties about moving to the SEC is that Gus Johnson won't be on the calls anymore. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, man. It's, it's fun to listen to somebody call a game where it sounds like they're having the time of their well, life. Well, they're as excited as you are. Yeah. 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 That's very relatable. Exactly. And it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't really matter what the score is. He sounds like, God, there is no place I would rather be right now than calling this uh, West Virginia Texas Tech game. You know? And somehow it comes across that way. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. The best is when he uh, misunderstood coconut for cocaine in the Kansas <laughs> State press box about five years ago. Look at this Keith Jackson. Uh, was born in Rootville, Georgia, uh, grew up on a farm outside Carrollton near the Alabama state line, uh, was in the Marine Corps, attended Washington State University in Pullman under the GI Bill. Man, you thought Georgia Tech. Yeah, you were really close. <laughs> you were wow. real close. Graduated in 1954. What do you think Pullman, Washington looked like in 1954? Uh, the Oregon Trail. <laughs> You think he died of dysentery? I think, yeah, I think he almost did uh, traveling to his first Pac-12 game in 1955. Oh, that's great. That's great. All right, we're late for a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. First, quick shout out to our friends over at Roof Tech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, runs the business over there, does an outstanding job. Give them a call. Uh, they can handle any of your roofing needs. Um, hey, before we really get rolling here, something that caught my eye. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not. Keith Jackson called 
college football with Bud Wilkinson wow. from 1969 to 1975. Nice. How about that? Yeah, what are some other coaches he called games with? Eric Parsegian, Frank Broyles, uh, obviously Lynn Swan and Fouts later on, but uh, just going through the list, and then I went through the list of games that he called just – Unbelievable stuff. Yeah, yeah. Did, did we miss our great opportunity of having Keith Jackson paired alongside? <laughs> Imagine Lou Holtz <laughs> calling games. Been awesome. I've heard that a thousand times, and I still can't believe it is a real sound it's, clip. It's a real thing. And they went right and and like uh, Reese Davis like somehow deciphered what he said. Yeah, all right, coach. Let's move on to this. Yeah, that is hilarious. Um. I can't remember if we hit this or not, but Greg Norman, uh, he he went ahead and told everyone that it was true that the Live Golf offered Tiger somewhere between seven and eight hundred million dollars to come play on their tour. Jeez, isn't that crazy? Seven eight hundred million dollars to play in four tournaments a year and three where he pulls out of on day two, and he turned it down. What's crazier, that they offered it or that he turned it down? That he turned it down. Are you serious? What's he That's, doing, man? I know. God. That, you are really confident in where you stand, and you've got a lot of money to turn that down. Uh, the NFL will appeal the, um, the ruling on Deshaun Watson's case. Um, so we'll see what happens with this. I've seen that this could mean that the – the NFL, whenever this, this action, I don't know if it's like official, but I guess that's what people are saying right now. But this means that I think if the appeal process is underway and Deshaun Watson could sue the NFL, that he'd be free and ready to play until all of this goes wow. through court. And that oh could take a gosh. long time. Well, and um, if, if that's the case, and I think really if they don't suspend him for a year and if he comes back at any point – the massive story, and I think that this is a bad thing for the NFL, is going to be this, right? Like, I, I think that that's not a good thing for the NFL is if this is the major story the entire year because this is all anyone's going to be talking about and not some of the other exciting storylines across the league. Uh, yeah, I think there's some truth to that. But if there's anything I know about the NFL is that People are going to watch. I that yes, that will be and yes. I, I think that the, I think that this has made a lot of people mad, and like probably even more people have said, "What's everyone mad about? Are you surprised? Didn't you know that this was going to happen the entire time?" So the machine just continues to chug along. Two hundred thirty million guaranteed dollars to Deshaun Watson while all of this was pending. It just kind of has a bad feel to it, but hey, um, they're never going to change until people seriously turn the television off, and I just don't see that yeah, happening. That yeah, that's not going to happen. And you mentioned this earlier, and uh, I I figured I'd go ahead, go ahead and mention it again. Yeah, Marquise Hollywood Brown was arrested early Wednesday morning for criminal speeding charges. Um, I don't know how fast he was going, but have to be pretty reckless for criminal speeding charges. Probably a triple-digit type of situation. Um, 
Especially after the look. situation that happened in Vegas last year, too. No doubt. You know? No doubt. Uh, not a good look, especially after, you know, wanting a trade, asking for a trade. Gosh, are they in camp or at least probably either in camp or reporting oh, very quickly? Oh, I think quickly. so. Are, don't the Raiders and Jags play like – do they play tomorrow night? The Hall of Fame game, yeah, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think everyone's in camp. So – if he's in camp and he's out early Wednesday morning, yeah, it's not a good look. But here's the good thing. If if he was criminal speeding and it was that late and he didn't get a DUI, that is a positive twist in the story, you know, because yeah. he definitely would have if if that was uh, – if it was available to the officers. Yeah. Um, I got a few here. First off, it would seem that Lincoln Riley leaving OU was very good for business here in Norman. OU Athletics raised $109 million in the fiscal year of 2021 to 2022, which ended on June 30. That tops the $100 million mark for the first time. The previous OU Athletics record, Teddy, was $58 million set in the 2020-2021 fiscal year. So $109 million from the previous high, $58 million. I'm going to guess Lincoln Riley leaving. That's a big reason why it was such good for business. Yeah, that's interesting. I saw the number reported, and it's been several weeks ago, but it was $317 million. Hmm. So maybe that's... Maybe that's like looking at a different time frame, and maybe that's not just athletics. Maybe that's overall university um, uh, money that they took in from donations, not just athletics. But, wow, that's impressive. So this one, I don't think it's going to be hard to explain. I think you're going to get the idea. You do need to go and see the video for yourself. Um, We consider Russians as bat-you-know-what crazy. And with some of the activities that they do for fun, I think it, our opinion validates that. Yeah. Um, such as this. I guess yesterday in Russia, basically they had a giant field, Teddy. Mm-hmm. 600 people lined up on one side. 600 people lined up on the other. Half in black. Half dressed in yellow. And they just ran at each other and started beating each other up. Both sides did. 600 on one side, 600 on the other, ran to the middle, and, you know, everyone just started fighting one another. I've seen this. Well, I I haven't seen yesterday's, but I've seen these in the past. It's like the the late teenagers and early 20-somethings get together, and I don't know if it's like a soccer thing or what, but they all, like, lock arms on one side, and the other side locks arms, and they go full Braveheart, and go attack each other, and they fight until one side wins, and the side that wins, they run around punting the other team as they lay on the ground and, like, yelling and <laughs> celebrating. It's insanity. Uh, yeah, it is insanity. Um, I, I played it to start off the show today, but in case you missed it, uh, Nick Saban said this this morning on a Birmingham radio show about his team last year. Now, he says more, but that's the point, is he says that last year was a rebuilding year for Alabama. And some people in the South are hot about it, including Georgia fans. Well, hey, don't get mad if it's true. 
and I consider it to be true, as crazy as that sounds. They graduated and lost to the NFL off of the uh, 2020 season a bunch of really, really, really good players, quarterback included. So if he doesn't win it this year, was it another rebuilding year? Is that what he's no, going to say a year from it's now? Just a, it's just a disappointment. Uh, last one that I have, Sark was asked about naming a starting quarterback today, which annoys me. Quinn Ewers is going to be the starting quarterback over Hudson Card. Stop trying to make this a quarterback battle. Sark said, quote, I have an idea in my mind, but I'm not going to tell you guys, In quotes. Hmm. Well. Okay, so what if I'm wrong? What if Hudson Card beats out Quinn Ewers? Is everyone's unrealistic expectations of Texas and the preseason rankings, are, are they going to change? Because that's the reason everyone's siding as to why Texas is going to be so good this year is because of Quinn Ewers. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it'll change. It'll probably just be that, wow, Hudson Card must be some player if he was able to beat out Quinn Ewers. <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll boost the expectations even more if he was that yeah. good to beat out Quinn Ewers. Jeez. Yeah. Hey, I and – I've said this all along. I don't know anything about Quinn Ewers. Nothing. He may be a really impressive young man, but what people are saying is ridiculous given the fact that the the kid has not thrown a pass in a meaningful college football game. You just you don't know. You do not know. It doesn't matter what it looks like in practice. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the spring game. You do not know until you go out there and do it against the best of the best. Yeah, especially with an offensive line that could be shaky. Let's factor that in too, please. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know how he looked in the spring game, but the defensive coach says they have absolutely zero pass rush, so what can you take from (laughs) it? I mean, that's his own words. Uh, Coach, and I, I like to ask about your pass rush. What pass rush? Yeah, that wasn't last year. That was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, hey, I don't know. Hey, we'll, we'll see, though, and we will see early. Who do they – do they start off with UTSA? It no, they Monroe. got ULM. Yeah, they got Monroe. They got Texas. They, they, I said this earlier today with Parker. They got one of the tougher September schedules in the country this year. The Florida one's the worst. Uh, Monroe, Bama, UTSA, at Tech. Yeah, and the thing, and we've talked about this previously, but you're not going to get any credit for beating Louisiana Monroe and UTSA, but those are those are two solid football teams that if you don't show up and play well, like, they're not going to beat you, but they can make you look bad, right? They can pull a two-lane on you like uh, we had last Too soon. year. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Stay tuned. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number two of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Um, NIL update from OU Football. They announced today that customized football jerseys at retail are the next trailblazing NIL initiative. So you're going to be able to buy customized football jerseys for your favorite player on this year's team. Kind of kidding, but really not kidding. Are most people going to buy general booty jerseys this year? 
Um, I think there'll be a healthy amount that do. Yeah, uh, but more than any other player on the team. Um, probably not. Probably Dylan Gabriel. You sure? That's usually, yeah, that's usually how it goes. They usually go with the quarterback. Hmm. Well, I mean, General Booty is a quarterback. He's not the quarterback. He's the backup quarterback. Um, I guess you're probably right, but I think everyone's going to try to be the – not everyone. I think there's a lot of people going to try to be funny and get the booty jersey. Well, what's the – you said customized jerseys. Well, they can get the player's last name on the back. Is, uh, is what, yeah, that's that's what I meant. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some of those for sure. Yeah. Um, we'll just – you want to make a wager? I think it's going to be Gabriel. Yeah, and I hope they release those numbers. It'll be cool to see uh, who gets the the most jersey sales. Top three, Gabriel, Booty, (sighs) Drake Stoops got a chance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll tell you who has a chance. You can get a jersey that says Stoops on it. I mean, that's pretty cool. I'll tell you who has a chance, if he has a really nice start to the season, is Javante Barnes, since he's just a true freshman, going to be around for a while. Yeah, that's a good point. What I don't. What number is you're a dork? You'll know this. Uh-huh. What number is Dylan Gabriel wearing? <sighs> I may be a dork for knowing this, but the fact that the color commentator for the football games doesn't know what number the starting quarterback is could potentially be a bigger issue. What do you mean? I guess all you have to look for is the left-handed guy throwing the football. Uh, but I would. Why still... do I need to know what number he wears? He's the guy that. You know, takes the snap. I don't think it's too much to ask for you to know what number he's. He wears number eight. I'll know it once I see it. I don't think so. Yeah. If Booty had number eight, that would be so awesome. Uh, Kendall says Stoops. Yeah. Stutzman Army about to take over the jersey sales. Yeah. Mims is on here. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Um, That'll be pretty cool to see that happen. I'm glad they're. Finally uh, pulling that off. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We got the final hour next.